The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. Just a reading from chapter 4 of Matthew, and if you have your Bibles with you, you can see I've got the hard copy version here, but there will be one up on the screen. And uh, we're starting our reading from uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 13. And I'm reading from the 1984 edition of the NIV. That's very selective, and I have a purpose from doing so. Kindly provided to me by Stephanie. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, The people living in darkness have seen a great light and those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets And Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Let's just pray. Father, we've heard from your word this morning already and we pray that you'll turn this into a living word that will transform all of our hearts and change us more and more into the likeness of Jesus Christ, that his name may be glorified in this place and, O Lord, that others will be saved from sin from hell and destruction, and brought into your eternal life. We pray also, dear Lord, that others who are here who who want to be effective in your kingdom will be brought into a place where they see your mighty hand moving in a way that they've never seen before. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It was in 1994, and uh, I was up the back of the church. Not a bad thing to be up the back of the church if the church is full. But I was up the back of a church, this particular church, for the wrong reason. I hadn't realised that over the years in business, my heart had become strangely lukewarm. And uh, I was up the back of the church and Lily Wilkinson, uh, Lily Myers, as she had been called, was playing a song on a grand piano on the platform a song to the Holy Spirit. You don't actually hear that many songs to the Holy Spirit these days, and I hadn't heard any before that. And she hit a certain note in the, in the song, and at that moment I felt... I felt the Lord's presence. And I felt the deep disappointment of the Lord towards my life. I hadn't realised that I'd let other things creep in 
And suddenly I realised that I hadn't led anyone to Jesus in the last 10 years that I've been in the business world. And I wept and I wept. Thank God at that time the church floor was a parquet floor. <laughs> that is hard wood. But there was a pool of water about 20 inches or more deep on the floor from my tears. And I remember one of our, one of our ushers who was a sort of bigger guy, I'll say, you know, you got, the, you got the picture. He was handing me handfuls of tissues as I wept and wept. Wept over my own neglect of God's call on my life. And from that time, I continued to weep, but my weeping turned from weeping for repentance to weeping for souls. I'd go to a, a barbecue of my mates from the army I don't know if you know of Senator Jim Molan. He was one of, the, one of my classmates at Duntroon. And uh, his daughter Erin is actually more famous than he. Erin Molan, those of you who follow AFL will know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and he was running this barbecue over at Holsworthy where he was a brigadier in charge of the task force. And I remember coming back and staggering up the stairs of the house, uh, collapsing in grief over the souls of my mates. And I mention this because when God gives you his burden for souls, then God's grace grows and flows in ways that you couldn't imagine. And you'll be excited to know that God has followed through in his word, not only to me, but to you. I I remember not so long ago that it was... uh, I took a couple along to a, a rather traditional church, not expecting anything much to happen uh, because it was a traditional church. I won't mention the name of it. The preacher did a reasonable job, but there was no altar call. I thought, well, this is no good. So I had my own altar call up the back with the couple that I bought. <laughs> and I whipped out a copy of a little Bridge to Life tract and I started taking them through it. And to my great surprise, they all confessed Christ and they'd been living together. And the next day they said, we've decided to separate, which I thought was an absolute miracle these days and this day and age and uh, uh, the man in the situation came to me later and he was sort of touching his body like this and he was saying I'm different I'm changed I, something's happened in my life I'm, I'm not going to be with another woman uh, unless she's married to me unless she's a Christian and that's been his commitment uh, up to that time he'd had many many women in his life so the transformation was nothing short of miraculous and he says, but look, there's a, there's a friend of mine, she's deeply into the occult, would you, uh, would you talk to her? Now, I didn't know that he'd already worded this friend of his up and uh, invited her to come and meet with me over at his luxury apartment, which overlooked the Sydney Harbour Bridge. And uh, he told her a white lie. Now, being a young Christian, you'll forgive him, a white lie, I'm sure. But he said that I was some sort of psychologist. If she told him that, uh, that um, I was a preacher of some sort, that probably would have been a turn-off, so she's some sort of psychologist. Anyway, I'm just there having one of his cups of coffee, which John is the type of cup of coffee that will blow the top of your head off. And, uh, having, and this, this lady steps into the room, and she's absolutely beautiful. Uh, she's got beautiful blonde hair, not a thing out of place. She could have stepped out of Vogue magazine. And if I was intimidated before, I was certainly intimidated now because here we've got this very together-looking lady, steps into the room, sits down very demurely. She'd been a ballerina at some stage in her life. 
And she starts pouring out all her problems to me. I hadn't heard about the psychologist bit at this point. <laughs> so, so I'm listening and uh, lay me down. I don't know what to say. And I said, Lord, what do I say? And he said, just ask her what she wants. So I said, Sonia, what do you want? And she said, uh, she looked struck by that question. She said, I want peace. And I said, well, I know the Prince of Peace. And she, thinking I was talking about some new age deity, said, well, who must that be? I said, it's none other than Jesus. I took out my little bridge to life track, showed her the gospel, she confessed Christ. Within a week, she and John had visited the tip and destroyed all of her old occult books as the Lord's grip took place in her life. So what we're seeing is that if God touches us in a special way, and if we've got our hand up for him to do that, when John said, uh, wake up the mighty men, when he says, wake up the soul winners, he is speaking on behalf of, as the Holy Spirit prompts him, to you, everyone, man, woman and child, to say, Lord, I've got my hand up. I've got my hand up to speak up for Jesus. And it can be an amazing thing that just your word will be enough. You know, we know that there's a lot going on in our country that really disgusts us as Christians. The traditional church is fighting a rearguard action. Christendom seems to have a shortening border, increasing attacks on the church, a removal of free speech. There have been terrible consequences. Divorces are up. I heard one preacher quote that there were 50,000 divorces in Australia in, 19, in 2017. And that's, that affects about 200,000 people on average. Imagine that over a 10-year period, 2 million people affected by divorce. The devil would just love that, wouldn't he? Suicide is up among young people. Sexual immorality is being fuelled by sexually explicit material and by gender confusion. So what is our response? Well, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace, that is the power of the Holy Spirit, does the more abound. But Henry David Thoreau, a famous... American philosopher said, there are a thousand men or women hacking at the branches of evil compared to the one who is striking at the root. There are a thousand people hacking at the branches of evil to one who is striking at the root. Yeah. How do we strike at the root of evil? We do so by presenting the gospel of Jesus. It's the entrance of God's word that gives light. It's the sword of the spirit that cuts through to the, to the very inner man, inner woman, that needs to hear the truth of God's word. It's the word of life. It's the summons to every man and every woman and child for them to be saved and come out of darkness and into his glorious light. And here with me today, for example, is Peter O'Connor. Some of you know Peter. He was a long-time member of this church. And uh, Peter will be addressing us in the second service. But just to say, the power of God's word in his life has reflected very, very strongly recently when I received a card from his mother. And I was moved to tears when I got the card. Not because I got a $50 Kurong uh, coupon <laughs> that came with it, which I thought was wonderful. It was very generous of, uh, of Anne, his mother, to put that in. But I was moved to tears to see her rendition of every member of her family that since Peter came to the Lord, 
is now in Christ. And that's the fruit that's flowed on because after he and I met and he received the Lord, and he'll explain the details of that. Now, the very first words of Jesus are to his disciples, as related in Matthew's gospel, are, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And I'm going to go through that in a little bit of a detail, but very quickly, just so you get the, the picture. Jesus says to each one of us, come, come to me. And uh, that means that we need to have a private relationship with him. Now, the scripture says in Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds a house, they labour in vain, that build it. And in 1998, not long after we'd had a special session here in North Shore Christian Centre, as it was then called, Live Source, the Lord said to me, come and meet me early. Come as early as you like, I'll be there. And he was referring to the mezzanine floor area and I was to come and meet with him every Saturday morning and very kindly Pastor John gave me a key to the church and the code so I didn't sort of do things with the alarm and I'd come in. One day I got here at 4.30am. Now you'd have to be considered ready for sainthood getting at 4.30am on a Saturday morning, wouldn't you? And I was hoping to beat the Lord to it but he always, always beat me to it. And it's some of the things that he revealed to me I couldn't tell you because you'd think I was just making up stories. And what, what transpired after that is such a momentum grew that from then on, with Pastor John and Pastor Anne's encouragement, we ran 34 Alpha courses with a team, which we called the Harvest Team, over a 10-year period. And I remember the first baptism of the first crop of people coming out of that. I think there were 14 people to be baptised and 12 of them had come out of the Alpha course. And I remember Pastor John coming out to me and said, such fruit, such fruit. This is God at work. And I, I come back to the point, it's very easy for us as Christians to admire other men and women, and we should admire other men and women in terms of their ministries or the things that they're doing. We won't want to be self-centred. But sometimes we go too far that way and we forget to realise that God has something for us to do in terms of bringing eternal life to others through Jesus our Lord. He wants us to be involved in that process. You realise that just a, a meeting I had not so long ago with my good friend Daniel Crichton and he was invited by his father-in-law or suggested by his father-in-law that he should see me because I'd done some work for his father-in-law in a business sense and uh, he had suggested that I meet him to talk a little bit about uh, some, some, some life coaching, some business coaching. So I'm going to ask Daniel to meet us on the platform and he will just need that microphone and he's going to give a little talk about what happened and then I'll go on to address the meeting after Daniel's given us his testimony. Well, thank you, Tony. Uh, let me just start off by just saying it's such a blessing to be able to provide you all my testimony today. As Tony said, my name's Daniel and I'm employed within the Royal Australian Navy as a clearance diver. Now, throughout my time in the Navy, I've been fortunate enough to have some pretty amazing experiences. Uh, whether this be diving to depths of greater than 50 metres, um, rendering safe unexploded ordnance overseas, parachuting into the deep blue ocean, shooting weapons or jumping off buildings, I've had some pretty amazing highs so far in my career, but also some significant lows. 
And just under four years ago now, um, I'd been going through a real bad patch, so much so that I was seriously contemplating uh, moving on from the military. So after a number of discussions with uh, my wife and her family, um, my father-in-law suggested that, yeah, perhaps I should go and uh, see Tony. He said that given Tony's experience in the Army as an Army officer uh, and some of his skills as a, a life coach, he felt that Tony might be able to help me out. So I arranged a meeting with Tony and a few weeks later uh, we met at a cafe near Scotch Church in the city. And it wasn't long before Tony identified that he felt that in order for me to, I guess, improve and um, stop having these issues in my work life, he felt that I'd need to improve on my spiritual life. And I was pretty taken aback by that, um, given that I was an atheist at the time. The last thing I was expecting was uh, to be told that I need to improve on my spiritual life. I'm thinking, here, I've come here for a bit of life experience. Anyway, after about another 30, 40 minutes of conversation, Tony um, had um, had another meeting at Scott's Church. And so we went to Scott's Church, and, and just before he had this other meeting, he said to me, you know, Daniel, do you mind if I show you this way of life PowerPoint? And so we went to this chapel and I said, yeah, sure, like, no problems. And um, one of the first questions Tony asked me, he said, you know, Daniel, what do you think the point of life is? And I said, well, I think the point of life is to reproduce. I said, you're born, you hopefully get older, you hopefully have a some children of your own, you get older again, and you die. And he said, okay. And he said, well, what do you believe happens to you when you die? And I said, well, and rather bluntly, I said, well, I think that's it. I think there's nothing more. Um, you're a long time dead. And so we're going through this PowerPoint, and Tony's asking me, other questions and I'm answering in a very similar manner until Tony asked me two questions that at the time I didn't know that was going to profoundly impact my life and the first question he asked me said you know Daniel do you believe Jesus could have died for you and I really thought about that word could and, you know, I'm sure had Tony have asked, asked that in a different way, like had he have said, Daniel, do you believe Jesus died for you? I probably would have said no, and I probably would have answered that question very differently. And so I thought, well, could he have? Yeah, there's a possibility. And so I said to Tony, yeah, it's, it's possible Jesus could have died for me. And then Tony said, Daniel... Do you want to receive God's gift of eternal life? And wow, (laughs) that was the question that really got me. So as soon as Tony finished asking me that question, instantly it just felt as if the whole room had completely enclosed in on me. Um, For those of you that might have had vertigo at some point, if you could imagine that, but without the... I guess the room feeling like it's spinning. It's kind of how it felt. So the whole room closed in on me. 
I had this really hot, warm, flushed feeling inside. I was really quite stressed. I felt quite isolated. And uh, I had the hair standing up on the back of my neck. Um, Not only that, I also noticed we're in this chapel and there's quite a few windows in this chapel in the city and it just felt as if my senses had really amplified somewhat. So the light in the room really intensified and I also noticed that it was just this real quietness to the room, almost as if someone or something was listening. So as you can imagine, I'm pretty stressed out. I'm going, what's going on here? And after about 30 or 40 seconds, I I said to Tony, what's going on? And Tony said to me, well, you're feeling the anointment of the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking, well, what on earth is the the anointment of the Holy Spirit? (laughs) So I knew I was being asked a fundamental question there. And... I thought about it for another 30 or 40 seconds and I've really thought hard about this question. I knew that this question was really important and that I needed to answer it honestly and that I needed to ask it, like, answer it truthfully. And I said to Tony, yep, yeah, okay, I, I want to receive God's gift of eternal life of which he advised me that I'd need to say a sinner's prayer and I'd need to ask for forgiveness of which I did, and um, I left that chapel that day, and the first thing I did was call my wife, and straight away she could tell that something was up, and she said, you know, Daniel, what's up, like, what's going on, and I said to her, Leish, my my wife's name's Leish, I said, Leish, I think I'm a Christian, (laughs) 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 so she goes, what? Like, what do you mean you think you're a Christian? I said, I think I'm a Christian. And so I proceeded to tell her the story of what, ha- what had happened and um, went home that day. Well, anyway, what I would say is that the, enemy, the devil is a very powerful enemy and a couple of weeks later I was having some real doubts as to whether this experience actually had happened. Um, you know, I thought, surely it couldn't have happened to me. Tony's pulled the wool over my eyes. Um, I I just couldn't believe it. But then I started to notice some um, little coincidental things. I started to notice God's scripture on billboards or on the back of cars. I remember one sticker said, Jesus is underscore question mark. Um, Not only that, I felt a real empathy towards others when people were telling me stories, things that wouldn't normally affect me started to affect me and I guess the real tipping point was one day Tony gave a presentation and coming back from that presentation I I put a Christian track on in the car and I got that sensation again that really hot feeling hair standing up on the back of my neck and I started to cry and while I'm going all right Daniel get a grip what is happening to you, what what are you doing, you know, like you're a Navy diver, you're a wannabe hard man and now you're crying. <laughs> and so I think that's the point that really 
hit me, I really felt, okay, there's something happening here and I couldn't ignore it. And so, um, yeah, that, that's my testimony. Um, my life since has been one of peace, not life without difficulty, not life without, you know, all the ups and downs that life brings, but one of peace and uh, just an amazing blessing to know that we're saved by God, we have eternal life, and I'm forgiven for my sins. You can, you can sense that God interrupted. I remember when I asked Daniel that question, do you believe that Jesus could have died for you? The Holy Spirit fell upon me. And I was full of joy. The Holy Spirit fell upon Daniel. He was terrified. <laughs> and that's what, brothers and sisters, you aspire to happen when you are telling others about Jesus. And that name, which is above every other name, as you lift it high, others hear it. I remember as a young army officer going into the back of the officer's mess, shortcut. The officer's mess isn't a mess, by the way. It's a club of some sort. And they call it an officer's mess, tra traditional name. I went into the back and there was Signalman White there doing what we used to call underwater Dixie bashing or panel beating, uh, you know, just cleaning pots and pans as some of the soldiers would do as part of their routine. Uh, there was no war to fight. The Vietnam War had just been closed down and so we're only painting what rocks white and hanging around the officer's mess waiting for the next stoush. And here was Signalman White and he was a soldier that I'd had a bit of a soft spot for because... Uh, the other soldiers would bully him. They'd all been to Vietnam and uh, he hadn't and he was a new recruit and he'd volunteered to join up and all that sort of thing. So I tried to look out for him. And so when I went to the back of the officer's mess, I said to him, oh, Sig White, this is before I was a Christian, by the way, and that's the significance of it. I said, uh, Sig White, how are you? And he stopped, looked at me, and he said, I'm fine now, sir, that I've found Jesus. Just that one word, Jesus, started to change in my life. The air stood still. And all I could say was cough and splutter and, and say to him, well, well, that's, that's really great. That's great, Sig White. Carry on. And I walked off and wondered what was that all about. So in you speak about Jesus, when you lift up that name, he said, if I, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And that's the confidence you could have. Now, our time is almost gone, so I just want to outline for you the couple of extra verses there. Come, the next thing Jesus said is, follow me. Jesus was very much for the individual. I know he spoke to the great crowds, but we'll all remember Nathaniel sitting under the, under the fig tree. Jesus saw him. We'll all remember the woman at the well that Jesus made a special appointment for in the middle of the day to be there. We'll all remember the, the blind man who was thrown out of the temple the Sanhedrin didn't want him anymore. But it says when Jesus found him, he went looking for him. We'll all remember Mary in the garden. And I'm sure we'll all remember Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. The individual. Don't let the idea of you know, seething masses of people coming to Christ be the thing to dominate your thinking. One by one, yeah. here and there. Yeah. Be faithful in the small things and God will make you ruler over greater things. And let's come to the words, I will make you. 
I will make you. I, I remember I was on the bus on one occasion and uh, a rather gruff individual sat next to me on the bus. Um, he had a walking stick and it rather stuck into my edge and he was a big guy and so I was ended up with my face pressed against the glass and I remember saying to him, what's the walking stick for? And he said to me, mind your own business. <laughs> but it wasn't long after that that God gave us the opportunity to talk and invited him along to a, a course in the city and God spoke to him from the heavens and, and said to him, Alan, you're going the wrong way. And God saved him on the spot there in Pitt Street, just outside the centre of the city. So Jesus will make you a fisher of men and women and of young people. And the last thing is fisher of men. The fisher of men is that you'll actually have, and I'm talking about men and women and young people, we're talking about people generally, you'll actually see results if you come to Jesus, if you follow him, and allow him to make you a fisher of men. Now we have uh, a little presentation which we don't have time for now but there are so many other resources we've got available to you. We want to make them available during our seminar and uh, that John spoke about but we're out of time this morning and so I just want to conclude by putting to you today that there may be people amongst us uh, today who, who do not know the Lord. You don't have that vital relation. You didn't know it's possible. I thought it's just something you believed and your truth is good as someone else's truth or as good as Oprah's truth. But in actual fact, God's truth, God's word is the only truth. And the truth is that if you put your faith in Jesus, that he will transform your life. And you've heard the testimony from Daniel, of course, and you've heard other testimonies. So I want to encourage you uh, this morning when we come to a time of prayer, to come down and let me pray for you that God will open your heart and reveal Jesus Christ to you and that you will be saved. Don't hold back. Allow God to do it. This is your opportunity. This is your day. And there will be amongst us today people also who are, are very keen to become winners of souls. The Bible says that he or she who wins souls is wise. They're a tree of life. Imagine being a tree of life to somebody else where the life of Christ in you can touch others miraculously it's not a subject that you teach on a course it's something that's more caught than taught but we have a course we have a seminar in order to imbue people more with that but there be people here today that regardless of that availability of that course you may well want to just have someone pray for you myself for example that the anointing of the holy spirit will come upon you to help you to become an effective winner of souls so as the musicians come and play, I'm just going to ask us all to stand and I'm going to lead you in prayer. And those, first of all, who feel that God is touching their hearts, I want you to come and stand on your right-hand side and the rest of those who feel that they would like prayer, that to be the, the, the mighty man, the mighty woman of God, who, acting in concert with the Holy Spirit, sees God's mighty hand touch others through your life and through your ministry over the years to come, even over the weeks to come, I'd like you to come forward and pray. So I wonder if the, if the singers would lead us in the appropriate song as we just meditate on this verse, but I'll just pray first and then I'll invite people to come and we'll have a time of prayer.
Loving Father, we thank you for the opportunity we've had to hear Daniel's testimony of how you broke through into his life. And we're reminded, Lord, how you opened each one of our hearts in many cases here today and revealed yourself to us. And now, Lord, it's your great desire that we would go on to be the seed that is sown in the good soil, the seed that produces some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100 times of what is sown. Oh, Lord, and some of us, you have appointed to great ministries, outstanding ministries. Others, you've appointed to quieter ones that just bubble along and have a quiet but very, very meaningful contribution over the years. Whatever that ministry is you call us to do, in all of it, we know that we want to follow your example, Father, in sending Jesus, who came to seek and to save that which is lost. Let that never evaporate from our thinking. Let us never be people who are caught up uh, in churchianity or even just having a good time in church, although it's wonderful, a wonderful thing to feel your joy and your peace and, and the love of the saints. Oh, Lord, but let us never hide that treasure which we have in earthen vessels from others. Cause us, O oh Lord, to reveal Jesus to others. Move mightily by your Spirit, we pray upon each one of us that we might be fishers of men and women and of young people. We pray this thing, these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.